Hello, everybody. Welcome back uh, to the new season of Budding Business. Uh, season three is what we are on now. Uh, I'm Chase Gibson. I'm William Amy. And uh, yeah, we're, we're glad to have you guys uh, back in listening. Uh, we're going to do something a little different this year uh, with Michael leaving, obviously. So we're going to have, our, I'll be uh, a co-host. I'll be set. Uh, I won't leave, but we'll have a kind of a rotation of co-hosts. And first one being Liam Amy. Liam, good to have you here today. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so our first guest, uh, Captain Matt Hammer, the Cincinnati Police Department. Mr. Hammer, how are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me here. Yeah, so uh, just to start off here, uh, just to kind of get like a conversational feel going, uh, I'm just going to ask you to introduce yourself and uh, what you do and maybe some interests or hobbies that you have. Yeah. Um, so again, my name is Matt Hammer. Um, I'm currently working for the Cincinnati Police Department as a captain. Um, I'm a district commander, so I have uh, command responsibility for Police District 1. Um I've been on the police department almost 25 years now, um, and so I've served in a lot of different roles uh, prior to working in District 1, but I'm also a resident of Loveland, and so uh, my daughter graduated from Loveland High School, and my son still attends Loveland High School, so uh, I definitely spend a lot of time around here as well and enjoy the Loveland neighborhood. Okay, okay. Uh, so when you were growing up... Uh... Did you know that law enforcement would be, you know, like, was that, was that a career option for you when you were growing up or did you have any other ideas in mind? You know, I think by the time I was finishing high school, I felt pretty strongly that this is something that I wanted to do. Um, you know, before that, um, I, I think I'd considered all sorts of different options, right? Um, I'd considered business. Um, I thought a little bit about um, computer programming, computer sciences. But by the time I was headed for college, I was pretty committed that I thought this is what I wanted to do. What was the process like getting into law enforcement? Like, did you like what kind of schooling and like education do you need to be a police officer? Yeah, so policing is a really, I'll say, unique field. Um, it's also a little bit strange, I guess, compared to other fields, because um, I often say we as the public don't really know what we want out of our police. Um, and for that reason, there's not really a clear path into the field of policing. So, um, you know, many department standards, uh, the minimum standards are high school education. And then of course, everybody knows that at some point prior to becoming a police officer, once you either once you get accepted or beforehand, you've got the police academy to go mm -hmm. through. And that's about a six month process. But um, you know, so the minimums are high school education and successful completion of the police academy in many cases. But, um, you know, what is a common pathway uh, for a lot of people also includes um, undergraduate school and criminal justice, either a two year or four year degree. Um, or the military is another real common pathway, right? Folks will do several years of service in the military. Maybe they'll do some uh, college as well, or maybe they won't. Uh, either of those are pretty common avenues um, to look towards getting uh, to getting accepted into uh, a police department. Okay, we've we've had a, a like Mike Dressel, if you know who that is. He's Indian Hill, Indian Hill Ranger. We had him on yeah. last year. Yeah. Um, and we we asked him this question as well, so we felt like it was only right. Uh, why did you Why did you feel like you know policing was for you? 
You know, um, I'm told the very most common answer mm -hmm. for why does somebody want to be a police officer is because they want to help people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's true for me too, right? Um, I've always had that interest in looking out for other people, especially in some cases other people who aren't in a good position to be able to take care of themselves. Um, and so, you know, I like to, I, I'm, I like to believe that everybody should have the opportunity to be safe and to be happy and pursue their dreams. And I think that's a lot of what policing is about is trying to do our best to create those opportunities for everyone. Um, and so that's, I think really what drew me into the field. Um, you know, I think the second part that's probably very common, people talk a little bit less about, but, um, you know, different jobs offer different sorts of kind of working styles, right? Um, and policing can be really exciting. <laughs> and so, um, so I think that's also, that was also attractive to me. I think it's attractive to a lot of people. I knew, especially as I left college, that it would, that I don't think I would have been very compatible with working in an office eight hours a day. And so, I, you know, I wanted the opportunity to be out in the field, um, seeing new things, walking around, talking to people, and getting different experiences every day. So I think that was probably the second part for me, and I think it's the second part for a lot of people. The opportunity to have all sorts of different flexibility, um, you know, new experiences, you never know what's next around the corner, and certainly sometimes a little bit of excitement. Mm -hmm. So you talked about those experiences and excitement. What were some of the craziest experiences you had? <laughs> you know, there have been a lot. Um, so, you know, it's, I think, another common thing, um, at least for some percentage of police officers, that after, you know, working for six months or a year, they feel like uh, they don't need to watch TV anymore because there's nothing more exciting than going to work and more interesting and <laughs> fascinating and bizarre um, but, you know, certainly I've had the experience of working in very active areas. Um, so I've seen a lot of really, unfortunately, terrible things happen. Um, but, you know, early in my career and even still now, you know, certainly not a stranger to, um, gunfire during the course of a shift. Um, you know, some really, really spectacular and sometimes tragic car crashes, all the things that you might imagine, you know, that you see in the news or, or read about or hear about, um, you know, those are the kinds of things that police officers have a front row seat to. And that can be really interesting and it can also be really tragic. Do you have like a, like a, a story you could share about, any, like literally anything about like kind of drew you to, to policing or when you're in the field, something interesting? Um, you know, in terms of um, some of the most um, challenging um, events, but that also give you some really serious experience in understanding how to deal with things. Um, I was a newer police officer, so I started in 1999. And in 2001 in Cincinnati, um, there was a very controversial police-involved shooting that led to unrest in the city. And when that happened, um, it happened in the area that I was assigned. And so seeing all the things that followed that, right, large crowds, um, in some, some, case, some cases, things turning into violence, um, also significant protest activity 
um, seeing all that firsthand, especially as a young new police officer, was really, really um, stunning, right? It was, um, it was a lot of other things too, right? It's overwhelming in terms of seeing, seeing what can uh, unfold it after a tragedy. Um, also, it's really um, important to see our democracy at work, right? Like protest and the public's voice and being able to express that voice in our country is really what makes us very unique and it's so really, and it's so critically important. And, but as a police officer, you're often, um, you get to see that from multiple angles, right? It's our role to support and defend the rights um, to protest and assembly and speech. Um, it's also true that in a lot of cases, um, you know, that some of the protest and speech is directed specifically at the activities of the police, mm -hmm. right? So we serve multiple roles within that and it can really be interesting. It can really be challenging. Um, and you know, and it can really be frustrating as well sometimes. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, talking about that, um, in, in the last couple of years, uh, some of the stuff that's, that's happened. I mean, if you don't want to answer this question, feel, feel free not to, but that, that portrayal, uh, has become somewhat of a negative connotation in the past couple of years. How has that affected your job? Yeah, no doubt it has. Um, you know, there are times, um, and we've seen some of it, you know, I'll say very much firsthand because of the ability to see videos that have captured terrible actions mm -hmm. of police officers engaged in misconduct, engaged in criminal activity, um, in some cases engaged in just kind of the worst forms of harm that one person can do to another. And when something like that happens, it has such a serious impact mm -hmm. on the profession of policing. Now, I also have the opportunity to see, uh, I have much greater front row seat to a much wider range of activities that officers engage in than a lot of people do, right? right. So it can be very frustrating to see um, when one thing happens in one area, um, in some cases committed by one officer, the impact that can have, the negative connotation that mm -hmm. can have on all of the other police officers right. who are really doing incredible work on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. um, and so that, that can that can be really challenging. I've got the benefit of seeing firsthand my officers delivering CPR and emergency medical treatment, um, applying tourniquets to gunshot victims mm -hmm. and saving their lives. Um, I've got the opportunity to see a lot of those things. I've got the opportunity to recently had the opportunity to see our officers save somebody who wanted to jump out of a window and commit suicide, right? And they literally were able to pull that person off of the window. And so, so many of those heroic things also happen. Um, but all of it affects, you know, the perception of police. Mm -hmm. And as you said, you know, more recently, yeah, because of that negative perception, I think, you know, there's no doubt, like, trust in police has declined. Yep. Um, that affects the the choices that people make that choose to be police officers in the future, that impacts our ability to recruit, and ultimately it can affect our ability to be more effective mm -hmm. in the future, right? So um, we want to make sure that our officers and, and ourselves are doing the very best that we can, um, acting as ethically and with the greatest integrity possible. Um, we also want to make sure that we get the message out there that there are so many incredible things that our officers are doing now. So mm -hmm. people will see the benefits to the community of this profession and, and hopefully in the future continue to choose to do it. 
Alrighty, and then how are soft skills such as leadership, worth ethic, and communication skills present in law enforcement, and how have they affected you? Yeah, you know, um, one of the, um, I sometimes listen to either podcasts or other audio um, messages from other police leaders around the country, and one of, um, uh, uh, just recently took a new job, uh, I believe federally, but uh, one of those police leaders was um, on the West Coast as a police chief and then more recently in Philadelphia as a police chief. And she just said, you know, policing is, it's such, it's a, it's a job that's so dependent upon communication. Mm-hmm. So in terms of soft skills, um, you know, we, we communicate probably, let's say 90% of our job is communication, right? Um, trying to make sure that we develop an understanding with the people that we're talking to. In a lot of cases, enforcement truly is communication, right? 90% of the time, um, we tell, we engage with somebody, we tell them what we, we need them not to be doing or what we prefer they do instead, um, and we can reach some sort of a compromise, and we don't have to engage in other enforcement or make arrests. Um, but I think from that soft skill standpoint, one of the things that's most interesting about policing is that you're talking to such a wide range of people. And so your ability to communicate with somebody who maybe has a lot of street experience, but very little education, right? Um, And then you might in one moment be talking to somebody who is homeless, suffering from mental health issues, perhaps addicted to drugs as well. And you've got to figure out a way to communicate with that person in a way that's respectful and also kind of achieves what it is that you're trying to achieve in the moment with that person, right? But then 10 minutes later, you might be talking to somebody who is an attorney that represents a business, and so who's very academically highly educated, right, and has a completely different communication style. And so for a police officer, I think that's one of the most unique things, is that we move in and out of all sorts of different worlds of people who have different experiences, who express themselves different ways, and we've got to figure out ways to positively communicate with all of them. So I think that's one of the most important things. Um, I know you did also touch on work ethic. Mm. Uh, you know, that's really important. Obviously, like we're an emergency service. If, uh, if I choose not to go to work in a day that it's really important that I am at work, that can have a very direct effect on the safety of the public, right? Same thing for the officers I work around. If they choose to not go to work in a particular day, um, and we need them there, then that can really have a negative effect. So it's really important that we have a strong work ethic, that we're committed to the job, and that um, when we're able to, um, when we're able, physically able to go to work, that we do so. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's, we have one more just to wrap up real quick. Sure. Uh, what advice would you give to someone who's listening to this podcast and, and thinks about coming becoming a police officer in their future, what advice would you give them? So I thought, I've always thought it's really, really important to follow your own dreams, mm. right? I think that um, there's a reason, and I don't know, I can't exactly articulate what that is, but there's a reason why I wanted to do this job, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and so I think, you know, people are happiest and they're probably most successful when they listen to that, to that voice, right? What they feel like they're really truly called to do. Um, and they listen to it. So in some cases, especially in terms of law enforcement, there are people out there that are thinking about it. They want to go into policing. They want to you know, be a part of a positive change and be able to make a difference in their community. Then I think they should listen to that voice, right? 
um, it's the job certainly not for everybody. And so, um, you know, there's some people that are probably just not a good fit for policing. But for those people that feel like they're kind of called to do that, I would ask them to consider, um, you know, really giving them a close look and not just choosing not to do this because of maybe the negativity that's in the media at the mm -hmm. moment. Um, because I think that, you know, we need, we need good people that are there for the right reasons. And um, it can really be an incredibly rewarding job. It's, there's, there are very few other jobs, I think, where you can in the moment realize, wow, you know, I think I just saved that person's life. Mm. Um, you can really make deep connections with people who are experiencing all sorts of tragedies. And in some cases, you've got the opportunity to help them. And I think from the perspective of other sorts of careers, in a lot of cases, you maybe don't see as direct an effect of that benefit. But in our case, in some, in some instances, you've got the ability to really see a very direct impact of the work that you do. All right. I think that's all we have. Thanks. Thank yeah. you uh, for being here on our for first sure. guest of season three, Budding Business. And uh, all right, ladies and gentlemen, that was the first episode of the new season of Budding Business, season number three. I'm Chase Gibson. I'm Liam Amy. And uh, Liam, uh, great first guest we had, uh, Captain Matt Hammer, uh, just uh, what were some of your takeaways from, from that episode? No, I found it really interesting about um, just following your dreams, mm -hmm. you know, and um, doing what you want to do. Mm -hmm. um, and that's how you can be successful is right. by doing what you feel is best. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I really felt like, uh, you know, him talking about how the soft skills are present in policing. I mean, Tiger's Inc. is obviously a business-oriented class. There's, there's no doubt about that. But... The, the, the soft skills that Mr. Bananas is, is pushing for us to learn, those are present in every job. Every job you will find, and, and Captain Hammer really proved that today. I mean, yeah, I mean, sure, I mean, we know this. I mean, he was turning down his walkie-talkie before he walked in here. I mean, 90% right. of his job is just is communication, not only with other officers, but, you know, you know like criminals, really. Mm -hmm. it, it, it's, it's how it is. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I really found that interesting, you know. You know, we kind of we kind of did like touch a, a touchy subject, right? With the, with the negative connotation that, that that cops have been receiving, and I, I feel like he handled that really well. And I felt like I did uh, too. Uh, yeah, I mean, when encouraging new new cops, you know, don't be discouraged by that in, in a sense. Like, just sure that that that's how the media has been portraying uh, officers of the law, but. But in no way, shape, or form is that every single one of them. And, and he touched on this early in the podcast too. Like one bad mistake made by a cop who maybe shouldn't have been a cop in the first place puts a bad name on on all of them. Right. So, yeah. Do you have anything else to add? Yeah, and I think just he said like what you were saying. Like one bad thing, like put a name on police. But like he mentioned multiple scenarios where they've helped many of people, many people. Uh, like they saved lives. Right. So. Right. All right. Well, that is episode one of season three of Budding Business. Crazy Rodeo on season three. Uh, we will catch you guys in two weeks. Uh, I'm not going to spoil who the guest is, but uh, hey, you guys will find out. Peace. <laughs>